0: Thank you for having me. Excited for the conversation. Sure, so PAID is Partners for Automated Vehicle Education, and we started in the U.S. in January of 2019. Uh, the idea behind PAVE is that we are making huge progress in terms of developing autonomous vehicle technology, and companies are are testing all kinds of products, and it's it's really um, coming along. But if you look at public opinion polls, you see a big gap, and, and largely what you hear from the public is that people don't understand the technology, they don't trust it, they're confused by it, and there's a lot of bad information out there. And so a group of people started talking about this idea that AV technology can has a lot of potential. It can make our roads safer. It can offer new transportation options for a lot of people who aren't well-served by our car, car culture, And but that we'll never make that progress or reach that potential if we don't have the public on board. So we started this effort to really have a conversation with the public um, so people could understand the technology better and really think through um, some of the you know, potential societal benefits of of AV technology. Um, so we operated in the U.S. for a couple years, and then we got a grant from Transport Canada, just chart a chapter there to really expand this conversation um, to, with, to the Canadian public. So we are launching PAVE Canada, um, just launched in early February. So we're really excited to grow in Canada and, and keep the conversation going with the Canadian public. Absolutely. Obviously, actually, one of the biggest misconceptions is just what an autonomous vehicle is. And the one really clear thing we like to emphasize is there are no autonomous vehicles for sale commercially to the public today. And I think a, a lot of cars now can do really Phenomenal things. And there's some amazing engineering, but you know, automatic emergency braking and, um, you know, lane keeping assist and, and all these technologies that can really help drivers and make the road safer and make things more convenient. But I think it's really important that people understand that those are not autonomous cars. Um, and that's important for two reasons. One is the obvious safety. If people think a car can drive itself when the car is really not intended to drive itself, You know, people put too much reliance on it, and that's what leads to crashes and injuries and fatalities. Um, So it's really important that people understand that no matter how cool your car is right now, it absolutely always requires an attentive driver who can take over at any moment. So, So strangely, one of our big priorities is kind of helping people understand what is on the roads today and then what's not on the roads today. It is, and and I think that's you know you bring up a really good point. So SAE International has developed this this um, system for kind of about the levels of technology, and you're exactly right. It starts at zero and goes up to five, and that's a fantastic system for the industry and for people who are working in it to to talk about you know kind of the different levels of capability. But it's it's also a really complex system, and I don't think we're ever going to get to the point that just every person on the street is going to be able to. You know, refer to levels of cars or understand what that means. Um, so I think for the public's consumption, we really need to make it a binary. Like really make it clear cars today require a driver period, no matter how awesome your cars or what cool, advanced things it can do. And we are working on cars for the future that won't require a human driver that that may well be able to do all this um, functioning themselves. But I think it's really, important for people to understand that black and white distinction. Yep. So, okay. And and how I answer that question is I want to point out that autonomous vehicle technology can look like a lot of different things. And and you're right. So level five, which is an a car that 100% drives itself, can go anywhere that's not um, confined to any geographic domain, is a long ways off. Um, however, this technology is also being used in a lot of different ways, um, and some of that includes, I mean, even other industries. So, agriculture, for example, is using a lot of um, automated technology now. Um, there are a lot of um, autonomous vehicle technologies that are used, for example, in um, uh you know, in, in kind of like buses and shuttles in, in fixed domains, like in airports and around college campuses. And those kinds of things exist now. We also have trucks that are hauling freight that are being used um in different capacities. Um we also do have a lot of A V companies that are testing seats, fleets in a city. So um Waymo and Chandler, Arizona and the US has you know fleets of cars that are that people can hire commercially. Um, so, and then also there are these, you know, delivery bots that people are saying that can bring pizza or packages to your door. So we do see some examples of AV technology that are, you know, making life handier right now. Um, and we are also again testing, you know, kind of um, in limited domains and different types of technology. But in terms of an ac- a car that can go anywhere, is is, is a long way off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that right now there are a lot of companies testing different things. Um, One place that we've really seen an explosion, even in the last year or two, is in freight and trucking. And I think a lot of people um, think that that offers great opportunity. And, you know, it's different ways. Some of it's like the middle mile. Some of it's mostly highway, you know, kind of the, the, you know, stretches on long, straight roads. Um, You know, mining and other industries also in defense. Certainly there are a lot of applications being used. Um, A lot of companies are testing in cities. Um, A lot of um, public sector entities are are trying to integrate AV technology into existing public transit systems. So I think it could look a lot of different ways. You know, there there are certainly efforts being made in all of these areas and which kind of becomes public first. It's hard to guess, but um, it's exciting to see all the progress that's being made. Yeah, love that question. So, n- number one, the North Star is safety. Um, there are 40,000 people, even just in the U.S., who die every year in, in car crashes, um, and a lot of people believe that AV technology could could save a lot of lives. Um, for example, you know, distracted driving and drunk driving and um, you know, sleepiness while at the wheel. Cars don't do any of those. I mean, you know, autonomous cars don't get distracted. They don't read texts. They don't drink and drive. They don't get fatigued and drive. So, um, and then also, you know, cars have a you know instantaneous reaction time, which humans don't always. So, I think there's a huge potential for safety gains. So that's number one. Number two, like you said, is is um, mobility, and and I think that this is one that a lot of people don't automatically think about. Um, a lot of people aren't well served by our transportation system, either, like you said, seniors, um, other people who have physical or cognitive um, disabilities that make driving a car impossible. There are people for whom car ownership is unaffordable or it's, um, you know, that they aren't close enough to a, a public transit system to make that accessible to so a lot of people who aren't well-served by our current transportation system. And I think this is the biggest potential change in 100 years since the car came to be. And so we'd like to think through how can we make the current transportation system better? How can we make sure that people are better served? Um, you know, we kind of think of it that every single person is a stakeholder in the transportation system, whether you're a pedestrian or a bicyclist or a driver or a passenger. And so we want everyone to have a voice And what that future looks like. And so, part of what PAVE is trying to do is give people the facts and information that they need to advocate for themselves, to empower them to be part of this conversation about the future of transportation. Um, You know, so some of PAVE's members, like the United Spinal, which is an organization that represents wheelchair users, is, is a member of PAVE and really involved in trying to help think. In these new vehicles, how can we make them more accessible for people who are wheelchair users? Um, you know, the National Federation of the Blind is one of our members. Again, how can we make these new vehicles um, more operable for, for people with, um, you know, vision impairments? Like you mentioned seniors. Um, you know, I had a dad that died of Alzheimer's and and we had to take his keys away long before his death. And having a new transportation system for him that could take him to medical appointments would have been life-changing. Um, you know, at the opposite of the end of the spectrum is, is young drivers who don't always make the best choices or, or um, sort of have new um, transportation options for for those people, I think is also huge. So, yes, yeah, so I think a lot of new mobility options. Like I said, I think there's also the, the opportunity to expand equity for people that I mentioned, like who can't afford cars. If we can find ways to integrate this technology into um, expanding transit systems are creating fleets that, you know, don't require people to own a vehicle. Kind of the options are endless. Um, So, I think mobility is another one. Um, Like I said, equity. Um, Yeah. So, I think there are lots and lots of benefits that we could, that that the AVs could bring, but I just want to make clear that I I like to use the word potential. AVs have this potential, but it doesn't happen naturally, um, which is why I think we really need to have a conversation about this and really think through, are we doing this the best way? How can, how can we ensure that this technology expands mobility, gives more people more options, and that we're creating a system that works better for people, not just exacerbating the current problems into a new technology? hmm Excellent question. So there are not currently internationally harmonized rules or regulations specific to autonomous vehicles, but there actually really aren't federal re- regulations specific to AVs either in the U.S. or Canada yet either. Um, so, But again, going back to our conversation a few minutes ago, we have to think about the state of technology. So there really aren't fully autonomous vehicles it, like when you said level five, like the cars that can go anywhere, do anything yet. All of the cars that are being tested now, um, even the autonomous vehicles that are being tested are what we call SAE level four, which means they operate in a limited domain. Um, some of those limit, limited domains are really small, like a college campus. And sometimes they're big and complex, like a city, but they are all limited. So for the near term, um, you know, unless an AV developer's deployment that straddles the border, um, Harmonization really isn't an immediate issue. Clearly, once we get to the point that cars are level five, that really can operate fully autonomously and that can go into an unlimited domain, we really need to think about that and we'll take on more urgency. But we're, we're a long ways off from that at this point. it's definitely being discussed although I will be honest and say that my, my crystal ball doesn't have any <laughs> clear view on insurance <laughs> um, insurance and legal liability are really complex for ADs. As, as you answer there are a lot of potential people who could be uh, you know responsible and and what that looks like long term is is really complicated um, so yeah how that plays out in the real world of insurance and reinsurance and regulation and you know both criminal and civil liability Um is a is a complex issue, and it's something that there right now. There are a lot of ongoing conversations between stakeholders. Um, what PAID is doing is trying to encourage those conversations. We don't take a position on it, but we have a lot of um, you know dialogues and and webinars and things. Again, trying to help people. Like you're exactly right. It's a thing people are curious about, and right. What we are trying to do is to create a more informed public and a knowledgeable public so that people can be part of these conversations. So what we try to do is, is is gather together people on all sides of this issue to help think through these really, you know, challenging and complex issues, but yeah, we we don't take a position on that and, and I don't know where we'll end up, but it's it definitely is a, a fascinating topic for sure. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be with you. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Tara for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time.